What is your go-to karaoke song? I love karaoke. Uh, End of the Road. Oh, I didn't think you'd have one. I was totally not expecting one from you. The good news is you've got me pegged. I think I've sang Boys to Men End of the Road twice. I think I've done karaoke twice. But still, it's amazing. I do love that song. It's a great song. So great. You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. And you thought I would be singing karaoke, huh? Ah, what a monumentous day for the podcast. Someone who I uh, have grown to admire and respect here in the social space. Someone who loves to tell it straight and someone that is always on top of the latest, Mr. Gary Vay Nurchuk. And you'll see that I can't say that nearly as good as he can. I wanted to thank sponsors, Zoomf. And Jennifer Quinn uh, and the Jenny Q Show for making this possible, as well as Gary Vaynerchuk, the VaynerMedia team, DRock India, and a special, special thank you for someone who supported the podcast, but also supported me personally uh, and really made this happen, Miss Savvy Sexy Social, Amy Schmidauer. Uh, so without further ado, I hope you enjoy my sit-down 30 minutes with Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. Hey, everybody. Joining me today is Mr. Gary Vay. Nurchuk. I can't do it as good as you. Vay Nurchuk. Oh, I got it. Now that's officially on the podcast. That sounded good. Do it one more time. Vay Nurchuk. I don't think. What else do you want me to do? You want me to do a backflip? Uh, can you sing and dance? Yes. No, I no, can't. I'm I'm if I could, you'd see it by now. Uh, well, I almost brought bananas for you. <laughs> Thank you. No joke. Because. There was a lot of people that asked me to eat bananas with Gary Vee. It's but unbelievable. I forgot to bring bananas. It's unbelievable how much of a meme that's become. Uh, Literally one day, me and Mike <laughs> are just working out, and I'm like, I need to put out more content on Snapchat. I'm just going to start making up random shit. Mike, film me eat this, eating this banana. Like, I don't even know if I like ate bananas before that first video. Like, Did you grow up eating bananas that way? I No, I lo- okay. but I ate bananas. So for those of you that don't know and that are listening to this, Gary eats a banana pretty much in one foul swoop and, and just... Like, on Snapchat in a very awkward way and then claim that nobody eats bananas like me, which is funny because a lot of people <laughs> then say, they challenge me and they're like, I'll eat more bananas. You know, I'm like, you clearly didn't listen to the way I positioned it. <laughs> nobody eats bananas like me. Not, yeah, it's not the number of bananas. All right. Right, all right. Well, well maybe, we'll do, maybe someday I'll get you on a banana eating contest. But for yeah. today, yes. there's a few things that lately I've just have resonated with me <clears throat> that you talked about. Uh, and I'll just rattle them off and I know that you'll take note of it, but complaining, self-awareness, patience. And I really want the listeners to understand the hustle and why complaining, self-awareness, and patience are all important concepts for them to understand or maybe lack of complaining. So when you preach hustle, when you yes. preach hard work, yes, define it. Define it in your own words so people can hear this. Well, first and foremost, first and foremost, everything I talk about is predicated on all three. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Uh, everything that I speak about... He just about, got yogurt, for the record. Yes. Uh, anything I talk about is for people that are complaining. Meaning, when I talk about hustle and I talk about you know work a lot, it's the one thing that I think is controllable because I don't think talent is controllable. Like, I can't sing the way this pretty girl can sing, right? No, I can't. No. you? Hell no. Right. So, I don't think there's any singing lessons that are going to allow me to be that creative or that good in singing. And so the one thing that does feel controllable to me is hard work. That if you're sitting now and listening and you're complaining, you're not happy of where you are, that 
there's a lot of things I like to talk to those people about. Now, if you're happy, a lot of people are like, well, Gary, I want, I want to spend more time with my family and I want, you know, you work too much and I don't want that. I'm like, great. Like, if you make $44,000 a year and you have great work-life balance, God bless. If you make $480,000 a year and you like your work-life balance, God bless. If you make $8 million a year and, you, and you're not happy, <laughs> then I think you should yeah. figure out what makes you happy or not, including there may be a day, let me rephrase, there will be a day where it's not as fun or as interesting for me to work as hard as I am now. I mean, I feel it now with the kids getting older. Like, my summer this year is shaping up, like I'm desperately hacking my calendar right now to work from my summer home on Fridays. Like, that's not the hustle Gary V life. No. Now, will I work 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. on those days? I will, but 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. is what I work on every normal Friday now. So clearly I'm gonna be in summer Fridays, maybe my summer Fridays are a little, <laughs> a little bit different. longer than most. <laughs> but, like, life changes, but complaining is a big, is a big cousin to my hustle conversation. Yeah. Because when somebody's like, oh Gary, I'm sad, I wanna win, it's not working out. The only practical advice I could give them is work harder. Mm -hmm. It's just the only controllable thing by comparison to talent. Like you can work on your talent, but I do think that most things that don't come natural are only incremental. Is there a point when, is there a point when you would tell someone to quit? Yes. Tell, when, when is that point? I don't know. That's the, the reason I don't talk about when to bail is the only way you can give advice on bailing is if you had context. Like, I can't tell you when to bail on your podcast unless I really know a lot more. Like, somebody can't say to me, well, I've been doing this for three years and nothing good has happened. I can't easily say bail okay. because you might be on the brink of popping because what you talked about was so new that maybe if you were talking about video game culture nine and a half years ago, right? right. Or or meditation five you, years ago. Thank you, economy, 2011. Exactly, exactly. Which so, is an amazing, Look, yeah. people would have told me to bail on Wine Library TV. I do this every day for 18 months. My wine sales are slightly down after always growing. I've done it every day for 10 hours a day, put out the video, go on Twitter. Twitter is not that big in 2007. YouTube's not that big in 2007. It was very easy for somebody smart to say to me, you've got to bail on this. Look at your math. Like you've got this big wine business that you have to run. What the hell are you doing this video thing? But it was you know four days later that Conan O'Brien's producers reach out to me and away we go. So I, I think that the reason I don't talk about bailing and for everybody who's listening that knows my stuff, the reason I don't, I yes I do think people should bail. You are not good enough to do this thing. You're just gonna go in a circle. This will never be successful, but I need to really audit you to be able to give that advice. Okay, that's, I mean, that's fair enough. And I think enough, here's the conversation. Here's how Where the is, I apologize. Oh. Whereas work harder is always right if I, you want more business stuff. Okay, so that's per, that leads right into something that I, we connected on the Super 8 with. Uh, my take on Gary Vaynerchuk five years ago was, He's abrasive, right? And that was my thinking because we came from the same upbringing. Uh, European family, I mean, you came mm -hmm. right from uh, the Soviet Union. I'm a first generation Italian American. Work hard is in our DNA, mm -hmm. right? So I was, for me, it was, why is Gary Vaynerchuk, what, what is he preaching? I'm not hearing anything different. But what I've come to appreciate, and this is, this is something that I've come to appreciate personally, um, is that it's not just 
hustle, hustle, hustle your ass off for no freaking reason. Because there's too many people that believe that and they think, okay, well, Gary just preaches hustle. I can't do the hustle. I can't do this hustle anymore. There's no work-life balance, like you said. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love being able to step back now. And I, and I encourage anybody that's listening who says, you know, at first sight, they're like, oh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I've heard his stuff over and over again. But I want them to understand that hustle is not just to work for no purpose. There, there, there's a reason for it. And, and why don't you let us know, what is your end goal? Before we go there, the reason? My, go my, my end goal is legacy. Mm-hmm. My real end goal in life is I want everybody to show up to my funeral. So if I give away <laughs> the best advice and bring the most value to most people, people will be guilted to come to my funeral. <laughs> and so that's really important to me, a legacy, a blueprint, uh, fulfilling the, the t- talents that I had. Mm-hmm. But this is important. I laugh when people think that I talk about hustle and hard work too much. I hope that everybody understands me, talking about hard work is a very small voice in entrepreneurship where if you go to Instagram right now and hit the hashtag entrepreneurship. Or hustle. Or hustle. (laughs) That 98% of people are selling like systems, quick fixes. Like I may be exhausting and overwhelming on hard work, hard work, hard work. And if you're in my funnel, it could be overwhelming. But when you take my message and you level it up to the macro level of what's being pushed down people's throats as a process and a concept, I'm in the minority, the heavy minority. I would agree. The reason yeah. I will never stop selling this is there will always be 50,000 voices of here's the quick fix, here's the easy way to make a million dollars. So I don't mind if I bore or lose people because I feel a sense of responsibility for the ecosystem of entrepreneurship that I am on an island on this. I really am. And the other people that say hustle, they don't live it either. So there's a lot of people that like to say it, but they don't live it. And so purebred people that do it and talk about it at nausea, I'm on a very small group of people and I wanna make sure for all the people that are selling quick fixes and bullshit that at least there's another voice that looks like me mm-hmm. that is also charismatic and selly and abrasive and a personality that sells tried and true. Mm-hmm. So you brought up something that I wasn't sure if I was gonna go down that road, but I'm glad you brought it up. Internet marketers, right? Yes. Internet mar- you brought it up, so we were at Social Media Marketing World yes. last week. Yes. And you said that these internet marketers selling these hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. renting their Lamborghinis, renting their jets, not the New York Jets, of course. Right, tricking people. But tricking. so they rent a watch, mm-hmm. then they wear it in their Instagram photo to trick these kids or these people that are desperate or hoping that what they did got them a Rolex. What they did got them some fly bitch in Vegas on the private jet. And what it is is all paid for for a couple of hours, and then they use that visual to trick people into their funnel and sell them bullshit. Are they making money? The people that are selling people? Mm-hmm. Some of them. They're playing an arbitrage. If I rent a car, and if I rent a pretty girl, and if I rent a private jet, that that 4,000 bucks, because it's my jet, it's my girl, mm-hmm. it's my watch, might make me back more if I can get people into my mastermind yeah. or my $400 ebook, and they're tricking people. I don't like it. If you had to call them out right now, those people doing that, what would you say to them? Those listening, because unfortunately, let's face it, people listening to this podcast do fall for those things Yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think almost anyone you talk to 
has at some point clicked on some clickbait article, make a million dollars in overnight. I mean, most people do click on those things yes. because they're miserable with their jobs, uh-huh. they hate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say to those people to not obviously go down that path? And what path would you recommend for them? Well, listen, I don't think I'm entitled to like tell people how to make their living. I'd rather talk to the people that are falling for it. So I don't wanna tell Ricky Thompson who's tricking people, don't do this. Like, do I believe that their grandkids won't be won't feel good about how they made their money? Yes, I do. But do I know if Ricky Thompson gives a shit? I don't. What I'd rather talk to is all the people that follow Ricky Thompson and say, please do a little homework. Please understand yeah. that there is no quick fix to building actual wealth. Please pay attention to the people that make money, lose money, make mm-hmm. money, lose money. They're doing short-term rich activities yep. versus the tried and true of like, putting in the hours, doing the right thing, finding what you're good at, being patient. These are, these are 10, 20, 30 year missions, not one day. Uh, you said something also at Social Media Marketing World from the stage, and, and again, that was the first time I've seen you live speak. Is that I mean, right? I, yeah, it was the first time live. Uh, How'd you like it? It was amazing. I, uh, I thought Marcus and you had a, you know some nice conversation. He pulled some really cool uh, things out of you. Uh, I agree. But here's here's what uh, here's what I what resonated too. You made a comment about these you know these quick fixes and whatnot, um, and I totally forgot my train of thought. But right. <laughs> uh, you made a comment like uh, internet marketer. It was something about internet marketers up there, and um, yeah, I don't worry. We'll lost, come back to it. Lost train of thought. We'll come back to it. Yep. Um, this this leads into personal branding, okay? Okay. So personal branding for you, would you say Gary Vaynerchuk as a personal brand is bigger than VaynerMedia, the company, or do they work together? How does how does that dynamic? Question. Because think, a lot of people say Gary, it's narcissistic. Yeah. Personal branding is narcissistic. Yeah, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me. I know you don't. And I, and by the way, I equally care. You know that. Oh, firsthand. I do. I care I do. about it so much. But it's a very and I want to make sure everybody hears me loud and clear. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I equally care what people think about me. I think you have to understand what that contradiction means. It means that I'm aware that people think that personal brand is narcissistic. I also recognize that everybody in the world is gonna go down that path. And so, just like racism and gay rights and many other things that have happened in our society, I think things will change over time. And so I bet on the future. So do I think that any 15-year-old growing up in America today thinks that personal brand is narcissistic? No, I do not. I think they actually think it's their normal way of life. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And so do I understand why a 44-year-old will judge me on it? Of course, they didn't grow up in a world that had that. No. So, So I get that people think it's narcissistic. I also wanna remind on a micro level my personal detractors, look, I built a $60 million business long before I decided to be a business guru. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've accomplished things that, listen, everybody's allowed to talk to the world. You're more than welcome to do anything you want. I think the market is the market is the market. I'm proud that my content lends itself to people caring, to people listening, to people buying my book, to whatever it may be. And so I'm, uh, the market is the market is the market, meaning, I'm not worried about it. As far as Gary V, which is different than Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Gary V <laughs> and VaynerMedia. VaynerMedia is a very big company. Did Gary V help VaynerMedia? Absolutely. 
my personal brand in social media led to our early clients, then the business had to take over. So I think the personal brand is a great gateway. For as many people that are turned off by me cursing on stage, or don't, or think that I have too much ego or bravado, there's also a lot of people that are turned on by it Mm -hmm. and then go into the consideration. And so for me, I have, I love it. I'll tell you why. Net, net, I win. A, 70% like it, 30% hate it. Of the 30% that didn't like it or hate it, 50% of that 30% eventually comes around and really likes it. And then of that remaining little percentage left, listen, it is what it is. You're not gonna make everybody love you. I try. I have no interest in people not liking me. It actually suffocates me, but I'm also practical and realize I can't win that game. Uh, you've, you've stated before that you, I mean, you do physically look at everyone that likes your posts and mm-hmm. that, that favorites you on, on yes. Twitter. And for I find that almost like mind-blowing. Why do you care? I care because it's insight. I don't care on a micro level but I care on a macro level. Like, I don't mind if Rick Thompson goes, this guy's a douchebag. I mind, it hurts, it hurts my feelings, especially now that I can, with Facebook mentions, if you have a Facebook mentions account. Which which I do. Very nice. As you know, you can hit the, what are people saying about you? Yeah. And I look at that stuff, and that's where you probably, I probably get my nastiest, like my most hurt feelings when content of mine goes viral on Facebook because so many people don't know me at all. And they're seeing one little clip where I'm like razzing some kid or making a big statement or what have you. Most of the content that goes viral for me also is quite aggressive. The fuck you Monday or the or the time I drilled that kid who wanted to sell weed. You know, like <laughs> at South By, like yeah. the content that's gone viral has definitely been the kind of content that people aren't gonna like me right away. Um, so I'm empathetic, but the reason I read it all is I wanna learn how people are consuming me. Not that it's gonna change my behavior, but that's so I'm self-aware and respectful. And this is important. I think it's actually respectful. If you have the audacity to want to be liked by hundreds of thousands or millions or tens of thousands, well then you also have to respect the market for not liking you. And so if you're putting yourself out there, you gotta take the bad with the good. I remember what I had to say. Uh, You made mention on stage that you were 34 years old before you gave business advice. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, Amy Schmidauer and I were sitting right next to each other and I looked and I was like, holy cow, that's huge because we see so many people trying to give business advice. They've never without run a ever business. Been right out, without, yeah. That would have segued way better once we were talking about it before. But uh, like, wh- where do people even get off trying to give that type of, like, and why do people listen to that crap? Easy, because everybody wants a short fix. Easy as that, huh? That's it's it's, it's yeah. super simple. Like. Nobody wants the truth. Do you, know, do you know, people always ask me like, Gary, you should be bigger. I'm like, I can't. I don't sell anything anybody wants. Mm. Like the level of respect I have for people that care about me is very high. You three, by the way, and DRock's here for everybody, you know. I know you all in very, <laughs> I know all of you from being somebody who consumed my content first. All three of you. The, and I have different relationships with all three of you now, but all much more than just I know your name like I do a lot of people on social. It's so easy for me to become friends, acquaintance, and have relationships with my fans because I actually think I'm stunningly difficult to be a fan of in comparison to the alternative. Because you've, re- not because I'm 
abrasive. I actually think I'm funny and charismatic and I think I'm very likable that way as a human. I mean the advice that I give. The advice that I give is not fun. Work until your eyes bleed. You know, wait 23 years. I've heard, yeah. Yeah, like, like it's not fun. And it was, for us, it, I mean, you're not that much older than I am, so for us, we've heard that growing up from our parents, our grandparents, I mean, you were lucky. work, work, you, work. You were lucky because you grew up in a, in a, in a immigrant environment. Mm-hmm. The far majority of Americans um, have the disadvantage of growing up in an amazing country where there's so much opportunity. And you know, up until this generation, everybody's generation had it better than their parents. Right. For you know, the last ten, you know, seven, ten decades, and so, I mean, there's a lot of entitlement. People don't want to work. I mean, look, I can say People this a hundred. People man. don't want to work. And listen, I don't judge their laziness. You just can't have it both ways. If you love the fact that you can watch TV all day and play video games and be on the softball team and and like. That's great. I really mean it. It's just you can't like you can't look at your behavior and wonder why you're not a millionaire when you don't work more than 35 hours a week. And when I say 35, I don't mean how many hours you're in a job. Do you know how many people listening right now who have their own business mm-hmm. or work at a company who actually waste 25% of those hours? Like, do you know how many funny YouTube videos I've watched during a workday? Zero. There is no Hey, see this. There's never been a stop for a minute and laugh about this video. My, like, all my employees right now are collecting more downtime. There's no, let me check out Reddit for a few minutes. <laughs> There's none of that. I don't do that. And so that's why I have what I have along with the talents that I came with. Like, There's a big difference between why, why do the number one picks in sports fail often? Because we draft on talent. They're talented enough to be an incredible athlete, but they don't have the work ethic or the mental strength to be that. It's a big deal. Uh, It's huge. I I mean, I think, and also expectation. I mean, I would add to that expectation at some point. The pressure, you mean? Pressure, of course. No, it's good. Pressure doesn't get to everybody. I mean, pressure doesn't seem to bother Gary Vaynerchuk, right? You don't really, you almost thrive under it. I live on pressure. That's why I like being disliked. It gives me something to win over. I like losing. I like the pressure. I like people underestimating me. I'm pumped when this all plays out. I'm thrilled that I was put in a bucket with a lot of social media experts six years ago, and now here we are six years later, and the truth is, I don't care what anybody says, I'm in a very different business place than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and by the way, I like to challenge myself with the, I, to me, I'm challenging myself to be an all-time great businessman during this era, so as well as I'm doing, Zucks did better, Travis did better, Saka did better, like there's still a lot of work to be done for me. You said something in uh, Thank You Economy that I, I really love too, and I paraphrase this, so pardon me if it's not directly, but you said, go and hang out with some 90-year-old business people. You remember, <laughs> you really know exactly what I was saying. You said modern marketers take this approach of, yeah, whatever, I just need the ROI, I don't care about this human-to-human aspect, yep. but now, Apparently it's 2016 and you know this human aspect of, of business is so important. And you talked about that in 2011. And you said that the older older guys will tell you how awesome this stuff is, talking about social media. I, I would obviously think that that's played out very well in your favor. You've almost predicted, actually anyone that hasn't read Thank You Economy, actually listen to it. It's amazing on Audible, by the way. Thank you. Um, and it's an underrated book. 
Over, like overall, it's super underrated. Definitely in my in the four children that I've produced in the business book world, it's definitely like the middle child syndrome. And by the way, a really interesting lesson for everybody. It's the one book that I didn't really promote. I was busy because I just started being the real CEO of Intermedia, and so I didn't have time the way I wanted to. I wasn't committed to the selling of it, and that's it. It's it, you know, it just proves that like your actions matter. If you could give everyone one prediction for the next five years of social, what would it be? Um, so I would say a couple things. One, I still think five years from today, something I've learned over the last five years is five years from today, the far majority of people are still gonna do it wrong. It's gonna be selfish, it's gonna be about you, you're not gonna care about your community, and that's gonna be a huge mistake. So a lot of things I predicted or had hoped would happen with Thank You Economy, in 2011 are not happening in mm -hmm. 2016. I think that I was too optimistic about people and businesses, and I've learned that lesson, and I would argue that in five years, unfortunately, it's gonna look the same. I think the other thing is, I think most people will only live in their mobile device. I think a lot of people will switch away from their laptops, and so I think that we have to really get serious about understanding mobile only I think we've accepted mobile first, mm -hmm. but mobile only is something I'm spending a lot of time thinking about. Um, and so that's mobile first, second, third, fourth. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll predict, and I don't like predicting, but I'll predict that no question something new, a Snapchat, a Facebook-like entry. I think five years is enough time for somebody to disrupt Snapchat. And, um, and I'm most curious about where Twitter will be and if not doing its thing, what's the new water cooler of the internet? Because real-time water cooler. Real like, okay. Because there is no other place you go to when um, something happens. Though, you know, you can post on Instagram and Facebook when Prince dies, like many people did. If you look at the level of the back and forth and the context that Twitter allows to be built, it's special. So Twitter has that, you can listen, and you can't do that elsewhere. Yeah, there you go. From Gary Vaynerchuk himself. All right. Just a couple fun things now. You I, got it. I don't want to hammer you constantly with business talk. You are going to make another prediction. Okay. Jets this year. <laughs> what are we doing? Six and ten. Ooh. Schedule is brutal. We have the draft on Thursday. There's still injuries and other things to play out during the training camp season. And Fitz's quarterback situation has to get figured out. But I'm very concerned about the schedule. Seattle at yeah. Arizona, like at Kansas City. I think you're at Pittsburgh this at year too. At Pittsburgh, it's tough. Speaking of at Pittsburgh, are you going to that game? No, I went to all 16 last year, mm -hmm. and I just don't want to be away from the fam as much. So fair enough. Fair I won't enough. Do that this year. What is your go-to karaoke song? I love karaoke. Uh, End of the road. Oh, I didn't think you'd have one. I was totally not expecting one from you. <laughs> the good news is you've got me pegged. I think I've sang Boys to Men End of the Road twice. I think I've done wow. karaoke twice. That's, but still, it's amazing. I do love that song. It's a great song. So great. Especially the end when you like really are like in momentum mode. You're just like belting it. All right. I, I mean, you don't have to do it here, obviously, but we have to get that one day, at least we on will. Snapchat, we something. Will. Done. Okay. You, actually, you can sing it with her. I will. With she Amy. Save me. For those of you not, for those of you not <laughs> watching, Amy is on the other Amy side. Amy will save me. Oh, she, yeah, she will. We've done that a couple of times. Listen, I really appreciate hanging out with you for this time. Um, Thanks for having me. I think there's not enough people that really understand your message and there's 
too many people that judge quit. And that's not just with you, that's with anybody really. You know, it's so funny, I've actually stopped doing it to others a lot because I'm like, and by the way, let me say something actually, I'm, let me go in a different route, which will bring value to a lot of you. It's not their job to like go down, like if somebody sees one video of me on Facebook, it's not their job to spend the next seven hours to figure me out. I think way too many of us are judging the trolls and the, you know, these bad people or like the haters. I don't view it that way. I view it as moments and times and, and I appreciate what you're saying, it's very sweet. And the truth is, the reason I'm comfortable with it is you did start off thinking that I was one way. And here we are and we have this nice relationship, yeah. right? Like, I feel very confident that 25 years from now that it's gonna go, it's gonna go from, oh, he's this, that, or the other thing to, wow, yeah, and you know, he's got, a, like, it just, you know. The Everyone's got their quirks, everyone's got their, right. Look, I'm a showman, I love the pizzazz of it all. Um, I curse, I'm from Jersey, I get it. <laughs> um, but I do think I have enormous confidence in my intent in the quality of who I am as a human being, and more importantly, in my skill set to why I should have the audacity to feel comfortable to be out there, and I think that plays itself out. I, well, I guess you just opened up one more question if you want to take it, but how do you not, and, th- and this is, I mean, I'll be very vulnerable this here. This is for me. Go ahead. How on earth do you not worry about, like you said, Saka does this, yeah. or uh, how do you not really let that bog you down? Because I'm happy for them. Truly. Truly. Because that's the chat. That's the issue. A lot that's of people are like, "I'm happy for you him," but you're really True. not. Let me explain. I want to build the biggest building in town. There's two ways to build the biggest building in town. Number one, tear down everybody else's building. And I think most people that don't like me at first start with that DNA. The way that I want to build the biggest building in town is to build the biggest building. And if Saka or Zucks or Travis or anybody else builds a bigger building. Mazel tov, meritocracy. They did it, they deserve it. I'll shake their hand and be like, you won. And so, and so, I genuinely am happy. Why wouldn't, I'm happy for anybody that is successful as long as they did it the right way. I'm not genuinely happy for somebody who has a yacht that ripped everybody off. But that's okay. Like, first of all, they don't care about yeah. the way I judge and I don't, you know, we all can do our thing. But I, I'm glad you asked this. And I think for a lot that's, of young yeah, hustlers, absolutely. I think that that's, you know, it's funny, I get that reaction from a lot of young hustlers because I get it, I get I get it. I got lucky, I kind of went completely the other way. I'm, I'm really happy for them and, and, and I don't think somebody else's success has anything to do with me. I really don't. Even somebody in my own realm, when Simon Sinek or Seth Godin or or Adam Grant, if they sell more books than me, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for, they deserve it. The market spoke. Doesn't matter how I want it to be. And so, and I think people genuinely feel that with me when they get closer to my circle and I think that's why I'm genuinely like because I think it's a very noble and I think it's the proper reaction. It's also predicated on the fact that I'm massively self-confident. I'm so confident in myself. Right. Got it? Absolutely. Like, like maybe at 90 I won't like them, but right now I inevitably believe it's just a matter of time for me to get mine. Yeah. And so my own self-confidence and self-worth is wrapped up in that. Some would call that ego. Some would yep. call that fully yourself. Yep. But obviously it's, it is I mean, it is. ego and confidence, like, help me break that down. You know, you know how I break it down? The person judging that person predicated on whether they like that person or not. Yeah. 
if you like them, you're like, damn, he's got great ego. If you don't, damn, she's got him. She's full of her shit. She's full of herself, yeah. Yep. All right, got to go. On that note, my man, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. I think the kisses from Gary at the end were uh, made the entire episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I really, really mean it when I said I respect this man in the social space. But after this recording, I really uh, feel closer to and also respect him even more as an individual. Uh, You'll hear my thoughts tomorrow on a recap episode with Jenny Q. You can also read my recap or initial thoughts from after this interview uh, on my article on Medium that I posted, and I'll link that in the show notes. But an amazing experience, a lot of respect for Gary, everything you're doing. Uh, Thank you for spending the time. Again, thank you to Zoomf, Jenny Q, Amy Schmidauer, David D-Rock, India and the Vayner Media team for helping helping, uh, get this all together. You guys are awesome. Until tomorrow, ciao. Oh, 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 oh,